This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right, it's go time on Hump Day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the program. Great to be with you this afternoon. We've got a very exciting show coming up. I'm Andrew Hustler-Patterson along with Michael Remus back at the command center and uh, we've got our pal Dave McCarthy coming up in a few minutes. We'll uh, discuss <laughs> what's going on with the Maple Leafs, the North Division, lots of hockey talk, and some more hockey talk a little later on. I promised you guys a special guest, and coming up a little later on today, your favorite player, well, many of you, Nikolai Ehlers, coming up on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Let's get Michael Remus in here. But before we do that, we thank our wonderful sponsors, Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and Boston Pizza Winnipeg, along with, of course, Breezy Bend and Cool Bet Canada. Remus, what's going on? How are you today, my friend? Feeling great. We've had a morning full of uh, news to get to. Woo! Uh, well, first of all, I had to put out all the social media stuff, made some nice graphics of today's special guest, Nikolai Ehlers, but don't forget uh, Dave McCarthy, first up for some great hockey talk. Can't wait to talk about the Leafs. Uh, we all watched their game last night, uh, so we, we, I'm sure goaltending will come up. But we also had uh, some other news today: Double uh, IHF announcing the cancellation of the women's, uh, the women's, you know, World Championships in Halifax. But it seems like Hockey Canada put a release after they're going to try to reschedule it. So we'll wait and see on that. But then we also had the announcement that the CFL looking to start August 5th um, for the season. And we'll we'll touch on that, and as well, Jets practice too. We did, and we did have a uh, bit of a uh, tweak for the pairings today. Yeah, I- exactly. Well, let's start off with the CFL because we're going to talk a lot of hockey, and we will talk a lot of Jets. Jordy Ben looks like he'll be getting into the lineup against the Leafs tomorrow night. Uh, but the long-awaited announcement from the Canadian Football League happened today, and to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Um, with where we're at with the virus right now, we will not be, you know, getting into training camp as scheduled. Um, as you just mentioned, the CFL announced today they are targeting for a season kickoff on the 5th of August and to play a 14-game schedule concluding with the Grey Cup on the 12th of December. Now, I mean, as I said, this is not a surprise. Um, you know, and again, I think so much is still up in the air, left to be determined, um, that's out of everybody's hands in the CFL. I mean, I was talking to Rod Peterson today on his program, and, you know, even if a white knight rolled in with the $100 million check and the finances were completely taken care of for this season, um, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now, and I think we've seen what's happening, especially in Ontario, in Alberta right now, even, you know, despite the increased vaccinations, we're seeing the test positivity rise here in the province of Manitoba. Um, and it's just not feasible right now to uh, to play this season as planned. Um, I, I, I am optimistic, though. I mean, certainly from hearing a number of people that are very much in the know on this, there is an optimism that this will happen. We will be able to get pro football, CFL football on the field this year, and that is a, a good thing. Now, Paul Friesen of the Sun, I'll give a shout-out to Freezer. Um, he got a number of comments from... Bomber CEO Wade Miller, who we're hoping to have join us on the program tomorrow. Um, here are just a few of his quotes, and you can see these. I'm sure Freezer will have these in the sun. He's also put them out on Twitter at Freeze and Sun Media. 
Uh, Wade Miller, planning for fans in the stands for game one, physically distance people, pod seating, we'll work with public health when we get closer to that. Let's see where it goes. What people can do now is get vaccinated when it's your turn. Um, he sees capacity starting at less than 50% for home games, but would like to see 100% by the end of the season. That is the goal. Um, and and here's another one. Depending on guidance from public health officials, there's a chance only vaccinated fans are allowed into the stadium. We're all going to have to be flexible. I think people want to get back to an event in investors group field. That is for sure. And an interesting tidbit, because of course we're all waiting not only to get back to cheer on the bombers and, you know, enjoy football outdoors at IG field. Um, but this city also wants to raise that 2019 gray cup banner. They will not do that until they can have a full house. And Wade Miller says that's a celebration that belongs to every Bomber fan and every single citizen in this province. So we're going to wait until we can have 33,000-plus people. Um, you know, no surprise, a little bit of details, Remus, for uh, CFL fans that are honkering to, you know, just have some sort of clarity as to what is possible going forward. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I think that August 5th start date um, I think it's realistic, and that is what was important to come out today. Give people the goods, where things are at, when we can get there, and what people need to do in the meantime. And obviously, people you know, doing what they can to keep the spread of the virus down, get their shot, um, and hopefully we'll all be able to get into that stadium on the 5th of August. And at some point, maybe even this year, fill the damn place and raise that banner that was 30 years in the making. Yeah, I'm actually kind of uh, optimistic about this, Huss. Um, you know, it seems like things are moving along. People are getting their shots. More and more people becoming eligible every day. So, uh, you know, it is also an outside. So if you have 50% capacity, I think that's doable. 14-game season, you know, it's only four less games. So it's starting a bit late. It'd probably be more more compressed, maybe only one by. And then the Grey Cup. The only thing, I'm like, Grey Cup, December in, ha- in Hamilton? <laughs> I mean, I know they had promised better than Ham- Regina or Winnipeg. Yeah, better. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't want to go indoors at BC or so. Well, well, we'll Arash Madani yeah. did report that Eastern teams have been notified that they likely will have to start in the West. So again, I think there's still far more information that will that honestly is still to be determined um, as to how this works. But you know, at least we've got a start a targeted start date. I think it's important for the players to know exactly what the situation is because, of course, they're the ones that, you know, like in any industry, um, you know, the the airlines shut down. Well, then you've got all the people that work in the airlines that, you know, were out of jobs. Um, It's not a lot different. They have been able to maintain many of the staff positions for CFL teams to stay operating throughout the pandemic. But when it comes to the players... Um, You know, they're essentially paid when they play games and there hasn't been games and it's been very difficult for all of them. So I certainly understand the frustration of the players right now who want to get back to work and earn a living for their families. Um, Not to mention the fact that pro football careers are so short. Um, You know, and we've talked about this before in the past. I mean, how different will this league look when we finally get back on the field? I mean, you know, we'll be you know, a year and a half, you're 18, 20 months since a game was played. Um, and you do wonder, you know, how different these rosters will look and how many stars of the CFL have moved on to other things. Um, but the bottom line is, I think there still is hope. We'll have football here this season. 
Um, and the other side of things is, and this will be where there's some more reporting to be done um, by the insiders. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> testing a few alarms today. If you caught me on Rod today, that happened as well. I can't guarantee that won't happen again. Um, but anyways, getting back getting, getting back onto the field um, is what everybody wants to see. And as I said, you know, hopefully we'll have Wade Miller join us and we'll find out a little bit more about you know, their plans from the organization. You like that? You like that alarm going off, didn't you? <laughs> well, I'm putting that on our Instagram uh, reels for sure. So... Hey, so you never know. Stay we might, tuned. We might have another blast or two today. Um, uh, I, I really said. hope that happens. Happens more. That's nothing be could awesome. be worse. Nothing could be worse than when the actual like alarm. This thing. I, I swear to God, if this thing went off, many of you could hear it wherever you are in this city right now watching. I mean, the the this is a a, a war siren, pretty much that we've got in this building here. So, oh, there you go. We got another blast there for you, just to just to let you know we're uh, we're we're on on it, Everyone's- on alert here at the uh, in the uh, in the Hustler Sports Bar on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Everyone wants to know if your fries. And your oven are ready in chat. <laughs> Fries in the oven. Just you, you got some McCain uh, spirals you, you, or what? You give me. I haven't been doing a lot of cooking lately. You guys are giving me too much credit. Um, hey, listen, we'll talk more about the CFL as we learn more about this. When um, we will talk NHL with Dave McCarthy coming up in a few minutes. Uh, but man, you know, really disappointing news from Hockey Canada today that the World Women's Hockey Championship is going to be canceled. That's supposed to be in Halifax and Toronto, Nova Scotia, uh, I believe May sixth to sixteenth. Um, and this kind of hits. Uh, it's personal to me too because uh, you know the experience I had working for Hockey Canada, putting on uh, with some great people here in Winnipeg, the two thousand and seven World Women's Hockey Championships was such a great experience. And you realize how important that event is to women's hockey. Um, you know, we've talked about the lack of, you know, any real legitimate professional league right now. I shouldn't say legitimate. They are there, but it's not, um, you know, it, it has been a work in progress. There's been rival leagues. I mean, the one time people really do pay close attention is the pinnacle of women's hockey, of the Olympics, of course, but the annual World Women's Hockey Championships. Last year was canceled, and now this year is canceled. They do say that they're looking to try to get another date for this event, but, um, you know, just really, really unfortunate. And it's going to impact a ton of people as well out in the Maritimes that, you know, much like we were talking about CFL players losing the opportunity to work, um, you know, if you're in broadcasting, if you're involved in the event business, this was going to be something that was big for that area. So a lot of people have lost jobs as well. Um, So that is really unfortunate. We'll reach out to Hockey Canada maybe in the next few days to try to get somebody on as well to talk about where they go from there. But um, unfortunately, a ton of news today. It pretty much all has to do one way or the other with the damn COVID-19 virus. And uh, we can just hope that you know we'll have better news going forward. Um, and as far as the CFL goes, that August 5th date becomes a reality um, because I think people can handle waiting. Um, what people can't handle is no football this summer, and that really, really would be unfortunate. We're going to talk to Dave McCarthy coming up in just a couple minutes, and Nikolai Ehlers of the Winnipeg Jets a little later on in the program. As always, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily brought to you by Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Visit them at Waverly and McGilvery or online at not.ca. And if you're in a vehicle right now, maybe you're looking to get out of a lease or upgrade, 
talk to them about consigning it for you. Got a very successful consignment program. I'll tell you all about it. Waverly and McGilvery at Not Auto Corp. And of course, Royal Sports. It's going to be nice outside. We've gotten through this crappy last couple of weeks. I see they're getting the snow in Toronto. That's uh, kind of what we had the last few days. But we'll be back on the golf course soon. Soccer pitches, baseball, get ready for spring at Royal Sports. They've got a newly expanded fitness department. uh, And the bikes are continuing to come in despite a worldwide bicycle shortage. They've got them at Royal Sports, including e-bikes starting at 1350. Pop down Royal Sports, 650 Rally and EK and the Superstore, 750 Pemina Highway. And tell them your boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. All right. As promised, Nikolai Ehlers of the Winnipeg Jets coming up a little bit later on. But let's welcome in our pal from NHL.com, Sirius XM NHL Radio. He is the one, the only, Dave McCarthy. What's going on, dude? Hoster, what's going on? Glad to be on with you again. How's things? We're just trying to dig uh, out of some snow here in Ontario, Toronto today. I know you guys are used to that out in your neck of the woods. Us in the middle of April, not so much. I was out there running around trying to knock snow off my plants. It was not an ideal morning. You know what the funniest thing about this winter is? We had the the softest winter ever. So did we. Like, it was just mild. And the the March we had was, like, May. And then we got to April, and the golf courses are opening. And then we got the biggest snowfall of the winter, 25 centimeters, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, We'd only had, like, one one snowfall above 10 centimeters all winter long and then we got it in april so it was a little bit of a setback but it looks like we're out of it right now so uh yeah i saw bob weeks tweeting uh never mind open up the golf courses open up the ski hills right now so uh well what the heck i guess with what you're dealing right now everyone's supposed to stay home anyway so uh maybe this will keep people inside and away from others for a bit yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, it's not all that hard to stay home, I don't think, uh, Husser. I love being home. All my stuff is here. <laughs> well, speaking of your stuff, uh, did you bring your staff today to the, uh, to the interview? Oh, man, no. See, it's, I can see it from where I am, but if I was to leave, you know, then it would look bad on, on TV. So, um, I mean, if you want to fill time for five seconds, I can run grab it, but um, it's up to you. Well, you know, yeah, please do, actually. This okay. is just not going to be, it's not going to be Give a me five true, seconds. The, the Dave McCarthy experience isn't complete unless Dave comes back with the staff that he has made so favor, so famous on his Instagram feed. Again, if you haven't already checked out Dave's show, Sunday mornings, it's the Sirius XM NHL Sunday brunch. And, uh, and as I said, he's made the staff famous yeah. You have to be the only guy in hockey media that can rock a staff like that, Dave. That's, oh, uh, I don't you know. know. It really has become your thing. There's some good-looking guys out there who could rock a staff if they so choose. So uh, I, I'm not trying to, mm-hmm. trying to develop exclusivity on the staff. I'm trying to encourage people to buy in to the greatness of what the staff can offer you. It really is just a, a great feeling when you're walking around with this guy. By any chance, have you used that staff and put some sort of a spell or a curse on the <laughs> goaltenders for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yikes! Wow. Uh, big Save Dave was far from his namesake last night. Yikes. Yeah, the uh, the goaltending for the Maple Leafs uh, in the last little while here has not been very good. Jack Campbell went on an unbelievable run to start the season, albeit it was spaced over a number of weeks. Uh, certainly the first three wins were over the span of about two months. Then he went on to win 11 straight. 
But toward the tail end of that streak, uh, he started to look a little bit porous. He won a game against the Ottawa Senators, the last game that he won, uh, which was not exactly his best game. And after that game, he joked that, oh, man, I need to buy the boys a a Red Lobster dinner after tonight for bailing me out and scoring six. Um, And then since then, he hasn't won a game. And he's been allowing a lot of uh, goals in where you just can't, you can't allow those in the National League if you expect to go on a deep run. And then they brought in Dave Riddick to try to stabilize the goaltending with Freddie Anderson still on the shelf. And we don't know when it is he'll be back at this point. He's starting to practice again, skate, work with a goalie coach, which is good. Uh, but still no timeline on his uh, his return to the lineup. And even if he is at a point where he can get back, might be difficult from a cap standpoint to work Freddie back in because he's on LTIR right now. But Dave Riddick... Um, Man, uh, <laughs> certainly last night uh, there were a couple of goals, uh, two against, uh, well, one against uh, Niels Hoaglander, uh, just a slab shot, and then one from Tanner Pearson, which was even even worse. Uh, they looked like goals that you might see go in in the 80s, and, and then even then you'd be like, you know, uh, Grant Fuhr, I need a save there. So um, it has not been good. Um, and it's a big concern. Sheldon Keefe has suggested as much. He said our biggest issue right now, uh, having lost five in a row, has been goaltending. Um, when you can't get a save, you can't win consistently in this league, and that's what the Leafs are dealing with right now. Keefe last night had one of the biggest scuds I've heard a coach fire at one of his own players in a long time. Described the game, said, well, I thought we played you know, well. I thought we did a lot of good things. And then the money quote was, there's some things you just can't overcome. Yeah. Uh, not leaving a lot to the imagination as to why they lost that game. But the bottom line is, uh, Dave, this team has now lost five games in a row. And despite still you know, having a bit of a cushion in the North Division, now Winnipeg and Edmonton have games in hand right now. And of course, we've got two head-to-head matchups, Jets-Leafs coming up beginning tomorrow night here in the peg. Yeah, it should be fascinating to see how that series plays out because, once again, there's something very much on the line for this Winnipeg Jets team. I'm with you, though, Huster. That that comment uh, was pointed last night. Almost, It almost reminded me of John Tortorella's old comment on John Graham back in the day where you know he was like, I, you know, can you give me a – I don't know if we can use those words on this show, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and and that's, that's the level of pointedness that I took that as. So – it's incumbent on, uh, well, Jack Campbell's going to get the start on Thursday against the Jets to be better. Because like I said, and I agree with the coach, you can play as well as you want. You can control the play as much as you want. Uh, but if slap shots from the top of the circle unimpeded um, are going in the net with that level of frequency, you're just not going to be able to win. But uh, once again, it's looking good for the, the Jets if they can put together a couple of good games and, and take four points from the Leafs, you know, even even better in regulation. Uh, then suddenly there's uh, there, there's a really good race down the stretch here. And I think, like I said, the last time I was on the show, uh, I am not counting this Jets team out quite yet because coming into the year, I picked them to finish first. I really like the group. And uh, they seem to be trending in the right direction right now toward the end of the year, which is what you want to do. The Leafs, on the other hand, are going in the wrong direction. What's your read on the Edmonton Oilers? I mean, we know what they're bringing to the table at the top of the lineup. Um, and they've had some success against the Winnipeg Jets. I believe it's four in a row right now. Jets won a couple earlier on, but you know they had the two consecutive regulation wins, which was the first time Jets had lost in regulation back-to-back all season. And then coming off that nice 4-1 and road trip, ended up getting shut out. And Mike Smith's been a great story, but 
Do you believe in the Oilers come playoff time, Dave? Yeah, I do. Um, for a number of reasons. One, the goaltending from Mike Smith has yet to give me a reason to doubt it this year. You, you wonder how much does Mike Smith at this age of 39 have in the tank, but like I said, he hasn't given me a reason to doubt, so you, until he does, I, I can't really doubt him. He's been unbelievable this year. He's having like legitimately a Vesna Trophy caliber season. Um, Connor McDavid is on some other level right now. When you have a guy like him in the lineup, you've always got a chance. The goal he scored the other night, um, as good as that was, I was joking on my show that um, it shows you the high standards we have for Connor because from his standpoint, I don't even think that goal is in the top three he scored this year, but anybody else scores that, we're losing our mind. And, uh, you know, it's leading highlight shows until the end of time. But for Connor, it's just another day at the office. So he's on another level right now. He's feeling it. Dreisaitl is, is playing great. Once they get Nugent Hopkins back in, their lineup has more length than it does in previous years. Uh, they're getting some contributions from down the lineup, which is good. And I think their blue line, um, unexpectedly, has really come together quite nicely. Darnell Nurse is playing the best hockey of his career. I think he's playing, quite quite honestly, uh, not necessarily Norris Trophy caliber defense, but like I think he's probably in the top 10. You could make an argument this year for how well he's played. And he's formed a really nice pairing with Tyson Berry. Um, and Barry is back to the level that he was at during his tenure in Colorado. He's looked really good. Um, Ethan Bear has developed into a reliable guy on the back end. They brought in Kulikov to help add a little bit of depth. Uh, he'll get in the lineup soon. So uh, this team is coming together to me. Uh, and I think they could absolutely give uh, the Jets or the Leafs a run for their money at this point. I mean, to me, it's really difficult to to sit here and project who could come out of this division right now. Because I think you could make legit arguments, certainly for the Jets and the Leafs and the Oilers at this point. Hey, um, back to the Leafs for a sec. There was the report that William Nylander wasn't going to play last night. He was going to be benched for missing a team meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, He ended up being back in the lineup. Was William Nylander saved by the Rogers phone outage? Uh, Are we to believe (laughs) that... The phone, his phone wasn't working, so that's why he didn't get the text, and that's why he missed the meeting. Oh, I don't know. That uh, that cost me a lot of annoyance and frustration on Monday. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Williams said after the game last night that he misread an email. Um, I mean, it's possible, um, but but it's it's interesting because it, it seemed like he was going to be out, and what may have saved him even more so was the fact that they suddenly came down with a rash of injuries. Obviously, Zach Hyman is out for uh, for a period of time, a minimum two weeks. Ilya Mikheyev suddenly couldn't play. Uh, so they needed a body. And I think Sheldon Keefe went to Nylander and essentially told him, look, any other time you'd be out of the lineup tonight, but I, I need something from you tonight, um, and, and you need to deliver. And Nylander, to his credit, played quite well. There was no issue. No issue with uh, <laughs> with William. That, that's the great take alarm, Dave. Yeah. That is the, you know, every time you have a great take, we just fire off the alarm here at HQ. I love it. Um, but, you know, there was no issue with the way William played. In fact, if he plays that way on most nights, he'll be really happy with Nylander. Uh, but it's going to be incumbent on him to, to play like that uh, down the stretch of the regular season here because there have been times this year where he's been good, but then there have been other times, quite honestly, um, for an extended period, too, where he's been eh, just okay. And for a guy of his ability, it's it's a shame when, you know, 60% of the time 
you get just okay Willie and not, you know, a great level Willie, which is what he's capable of performing in. All right, let's go down to the bottom of the North Division. The race, if you want to call it that, for fourth place. Uh, you know, we talked about this yesterday on the show, Dave. Uh, it is incredible. The Vancouver Canucks, when they were um, infected with the COVID virus and everyone had to shut down, they had to shut down. They had a 6% chance of making the playoffs. They play once in four weeks. And they go into last night with an 18% chance of making the playoffs, which just speaks to how poor the Montreal Canadiens have been yeah. and the absolute lack of anything from the Calgary Flames. Um, is Vancouver, like, could this be some sort of Cinderella run that's starting with these games? I mean, we know what a meat grinder of a schedule they have going forward, but, you know, for a while we were talking about Montreal-Calgary fighting for that. I think Calgary's essentially taken them out of the race with these last couple losses. Are we going to be talking about the Vancouver Canucks pushing the halves for this spot? Well, you're right. It's it's largely because of how poor Montreal and Calgary have been for the period of time where Vancouver had been inactive. And Calgary, this time last week, you could start to kind of convince yourself that they might have a path. Uh, they had won three in a row. They had some games in hand on Montreal. And you look at it and you say, well, if they keep winning some games, well, maybe there's an opportunity. And then they go out and they lose two in a row. And that's just not going to get it done at this point of the year. You're running out of time. And I think Calgary's pretty well had it. But now you look at Vancouver, and thanks to taking four off the Leafs, um, they get out to a great start. Now they've got a ton of games in hand on Montreal. And similar to Calgary last week, you can start to convince yourself that maybe if they keep winning, uh, there is a path to, uh, to a playoff spot for Vancouver. It's going to be difficult, though, for a number of reasons. One, uh, as you mentioned, their schedule is going to be just brutal down the stretch. I think it's 19 games in like 31 days that they had once they started back up again. Um, I mean, man, oh man, uh, that is a lot to ask. Uh, secondly, uh, given what they went through, I think you could make the argument on Sunday and even on Tuesday, they were playing on some level of adrenaline. Um, and and that, that's understandable, right? I mean, you, you get out to a good start. Uh, they let you hang around the Leafs did on, on Sunday. If you're Vancouver, you get into the third period, and you think, man, why don't we just try and win this game? And they did. And, and last night, the Leafs just couldn't get a stop, and, and they essentially gave the game to Vancouver. So how I see it playing out is that Vancouver, you know, they'll, they've won a couple games. They might, they might go for a week here and play pretty well. But, but I do kind of expect at some point them to uh, hit the wall midway through with the remaining games that they have. And uh, there's my hot take alarm. Um, and, and, uh, and then go into a bit of a tank. Uh, and then by the end of it, maybe pull out and, and, and come back to a bit of life. But it might be a little too late at that point. Um, it would be a tremendous story. And let me just say, I'm cheering for the Vancouver Canucks. You don't generally like to say you're cheering for teams uh, when you're in the media, but my goodness, I am. And it would be really cool to see them at least give it a run and play meaningful games down the stretch. Because I think a lot of people thought, well, why are you even bothering to make Vancouver come back? Like, they're already done. Well, you know, maybe not. And if they keep winning games, they'll give themselves a chance. And it would be... uh, that would be, to me, I think the story of the season if they end up finding their way into a playoff spot. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. And I mean, you know, right now with those two wins against the Leafs, Vancouver is eight points back of Montreal, but they do have the four games in hand. Now, right. 
listen, I, I mean, I, I realize it's a lot to expect of this hockey club with what they're up against to, to go on that sort of a run. But again, it is about time for the Montreal Canadiens to sort of get their act together and win some games. We've got the Carey Price situation, which is up in the air, concussed. You've got Brendan Gallagher out, which really seems to be the emotional driver of this club. Yeah. Um, you, you you wonder, and, and I mean, then there's all the talk about Mark Bergevin. I mean, you know, the aggressive move to fire Claude Julien early in the season and move on to Dom Ducharme. I mean, he's sort of played a lot of his cards already, Dave. And, you know, even if Montreal limps into the playoffs in fourth and goes out in the first round, you wonder what the aftermath of that is because the, the decisions and the moves that he's made this year um, have really sort of, you know, told the story that he is a guy that, you know, has a, a, as much pressure on him as maybe any general manager in the NHL right now. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, it's interesting. I, I think at the beginning of the year, it looked like Montreal was going to be amongst the class in the North Division, and that's not how it's played out. Since the coaching change, uh, there really hasn't been as much improvement with the Canadians as they would have liked. And obviously losing Gallagher is is huge. He really drives that team. Um, and Carey Price had been out for five games. He comes back for a game and a half. Uh, and now he gets a concussion, which is which is not ideal at all. Uh, because without Carey Price at his best, that's another a big uh, shot in the foot to this team. Um, but you just look at Montreal, and I don't know, man, when I watch them play, they they don't seem like they have a hope of scoring um, on on very many shifts. Their power play is abysmal, and when when you're not very good at even strength and you can't shoot it in the net on the power play, man, you need to win a lot of games two to one, and that's where Carey Price comes into play, and he hasn't been available of late. Um, and Jake Allen's been you know he's been okay, but you know not not great. So uh, the Canadians. They're they're in an interesting spot because I like some of the moves they made. Uh, Toffoli, Anderson, they've proven to be good pickups, uh, but they're just not they're not having the uh, the level of impact that I thought they might have um, at this time in the year, and 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 they're struggling to score. So if if Montreal limps in, and I, I don't see them being able to. To, to go on a run. Like, I, I, they would be my fourth pick if they get in to, to come out of the North Division behind Toronto, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. Um, well, and, uh, and hey, and just on that, Dave, I think that speaks to what should be, um, you know, an exciting race for first place um, yeah. in that, A, you get Montreal, but you also avoid one of Winnipeg or Edmonton in the first round if you are able to get that top spot, not to mention hanging a North Division banner, which I think will mean a lot to fans in any Canadian city, a lot more than, uh, you know, any normal division banner as we've talked about before. Yeah, I think it would be neat, right, to to at least for one year have the the title as best Canadian team, right? I mean, we are talking about it every year, who's best Canadian team, and we try and come up with the answer, but we don't really know because you don't play uh, the Canadian teams enough. And then it's okay. Well, this team went went on, uh, you know, the longest run in the playoffs, but then they lost the same. And there's never an answer. This year you'll have a definitive answer, so, so that'll be interesting to see. But uh, that that's a great point. I mean, if you if you win the division, uh, Montreal will be a far easier matchup, I think, than uh, Toronto, Winnipeg, uh, or or Edmonton. So there's uh, there's value with finishing first in the division. Uh, and I think, um, <clears throat> excuse me, at this point, um, it's it's going to be a good battle. 
uh, between Toronto, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. It's going to start playing out as soon as uh, Thursday night when uh, Toronto and Winnipeg go up against each other for the first of two games. And how those two games play out will really uh, determine whether or not Winnipeg will be in the mix down the stretch here for first place, I think. Dave McCarthy is with us. Dave, you are getting a lot of love in the YouTube chat. It is it is almost unanimous that you are the best dressed guest oh. we have had on the program. Well. And again, you know, you really need, and that's why I'm glad you brought the staff out too, because the the outfit is <laughs> the outfit's just not entirely complete until you have that thing. Hey, let's talk about a couple of the games last night in the NHL. Uh, and New Jersey's been eminently forgettable over the last little while. It sort of seemed mm-hmm. like they had completely packed it in. They lost four straight to the Rangers. They were down 6 nothing last night after two periods. And I'll be honest, I was going back and checking some scores for a couple bets that I'd made. And I thought that the tickers and the scoring, there was some sort of a mistake. 7-6. New Jersey scores six goals in the third period only to come up one goal short because Sidney Crosby got the insurance goal to make it seven. Um, what an absolutely bizarre hockey game last night for a team that looked all but dead earlier on, down six zip to a pretty good Pittsburgh squad. Yeah, that was nuts. That's never happened before where a team has given up six um, in the third period and still won a game. It's never happened in the <laughs> National Hockey League. Um, so you never know. You, you come to the rink each night or you throw on the TV each night, you may well see something that's never happened before, and, and that was an example of it uh, last night between the Penguins and Devils. I mean, there was so much going on in this game. Like, we didn't even mention uh, the backhand dumping goal from Brian Dumoulin from the red line uh, that, uh, that ping-ponged its way into the net. I mean, that's one of those ones where, as a goalie, no matter uh, what level you've played off, played in, if you've strapped on the pads at any point in, in, uh, whether in a professional career, just having fun out in the, the, out on the driveway, you've let one of those goals in. It's a weird bounce. It's hard to fault the goalie. Uh, but man, it's a bad look when it goes in. So there was that. How about the, the pass that Sidney Crosby made to Brian Rust? I think it was on the second Penguins goal in the first period. Where only Rust was, Sid, only Sid. You know, like off from the near boards, off the far boards uh, to catch Rust as he's charging to the net in the slot in stride. Like Sid must have got A's in trigonometry at, at Shattuck St. Mary's because that was just a thing of beauty. And then Sidney's goal himself, as you mentioned, uh, this was an unbelievable goal. Like... He's from an impossible angle down below the face-off circle. Um, it's just bang on his stick and off his stick and into the net so quickly that nobody even really other than Sydney knew it had gone in the net. Um, you know, That's what I took away from this game is that you don't watch Pittsburgh every night, but man, when you do, what a treat it is watching Sidney Crosby because... You know, like Connor McDavid beats you with sheer speed and and skill, and he's just better than everyone on the ice uh, from his from his physical attributes. Uh, Sidney doesn't have that kind of speed anymore, if he ever really did have it. But the way that man thinks the game is truly at a level that I don't think there's anybody, including McDavid, in the league that thinks the game uh, that way. Like McDavid knows where he wants to go, and then he just beats you with his speed. Sidney doesn't have that, but he beats you with his mind, and and that's what he did last night. Uh, but just to see uh, the Devils mount that comeback in the third was pretty cool to see. 
Um, and I think at this point for the Devils, for Tom Fitzgerald, their general manager, it's a foundational year. It's obviously not a year where they're going to make the playoffs. They were officially eliminated last night, not that they weren't already before. Um, but it's it's like, look, let's see what we got here. Uh, who's playing hard down the stretch when uh, games are out of reach? Who do I think can be a piece of this group moving forward? Um, and I think Tom's getting a lot of valuable information as he looks to uh, to build this Devils team back up. It's still years away from contention. Um, but if they can start to identify some of their young players, like Ty Smith, who didn't play last night, but I think he's going to be a really good piece on that back end. Igor Serengovich is looking like a bit of a find up front. Um, you know, they've got some pieces there, some building blocks. You're going to get another uh, high pick this year in the draft. It's what it's all about. Accumulate young players, figure out who can be a part of it moving forward. Um, and if you're, if you're Tom Fitzgerald, you've got to be pretty happy with uh, the level of compete that you saw from the group last night, even in a game... Uh, where it looked like they were out of it at a point in the year where the games don't really mean all that much. No, it, it's a great point. And you just ha- we had to bring it up because it was just such a bizarre game and, and, and noteworthy for that point. The the most and the best game last night, I think, was Carolina Tampa. You know, those yeah. two teams had back to back games. Uh, Carolina lost in OT on uh, the first night, came back with a big win, four one in regulation. They're now first place in that division, Dave, in what is, I guess they're calling the Central. I'm sure it's got a sponsored name, which I can't remember. Um, but so Carolina's at 65 points now. Again, hot take alarm. Here we go. Um, Florida, 65, but they have played two more games. And then there's Tampa, who is now three points back at Carolina and have played an extra game. And, you know, much like we talked about the race for first in the North Division, where you avoid Winnipeg or Edmonton and would presumably get Montreal in that mm-hmm. first round. I mean, this race for first to me is so important because whoever is like the first place team is going to probably get Nashville or Dallas. Yeah. And then you're going to have two of the best teams in the league playing each other in the first round of the playoffs. Because for my money, Florida is legit. We all know Tampa and Carolina is right there. And, you know, winning that division and avoiding that beat grounder first round series, I think, is going to be very impactful when we get to the second round. I agree. I think uh, their division this year is not unlike the Atlantic division the last number of years where uh, the, the the three teams in that division, Tampa, Boston, Toronto, one of those teams going home after the first round and always seemed like it was the Leafs. Um, so you want to avoid that matchup this year in the Central Division because I'm with you. I think uh, Florida is legit. Like, you know, they keep losing key personnel. Um, obviously, Ekblad out for the year. Uh, they'd missed Barkov for a period of time. Hornquist has been out for a period of time. Verhage had been out for a period of time. He's still out. Uh, yet they just keep continuing to find ways to win. And how about uh, that Sam Bennett pickup? I think he's going to fit in uh, fantastically well on that Florida team. Uh, but they're legit. Um, and, and then they won a game last night with Spencer Knight, who was the first goalie uh, born in the 2000s to appear in an NHL game, and he won his debut. I mean, that makes you feel old. Uh, but then there's this Carolina and Tampa rivalry that's developing. Firstly, I would love to see a series uh, between these two teams because in the regular year, there's been a lot of parity in their season series, and there's a level of hatred and animosity that is developing amongst these two groups. Uh, Nino Niederreiter said it after the game last night. He said, look, quite simply, uh, we don't like them and they don't like us. Uh, it's really as simple as that. Um, there have been some big hits uh, the last, uh, last couple of games. Marty Nikosh got rocked. Uh, Brady Shea took a hit uh, from behind last night that Rod Brindamore was not all too pleased about. Uh, Jake Gardner 
a certainly not noted pugilist jumping in to protect his teammate the other night uh, and having a tilt. I mean, when Jake Gardner's tilting, you know there's a level of hatred between the two groups. So um, I, I think it's a great point you make that first place is super valuable in that division so that you can avoid playing one of those uh, those three teams in the in the first round. But man, I do hope at some point we see a Carolina-Tampa series uh, because I think it would be one very difficult to call. I think that that would be one that would go seven games, but I think it could get a little bit nasty too because these cl- these two teams clearly uh, they will not be mailing each other Christmas cards this uh, this Christmas. No doubt about it, Dave. I mean, these two. If you've watched any of the games the last couple nights, I mean, it really did have a playoff feel. There's a major intensity, and the dislike is cranked up to ten right now. And you know, I, I hope for hockey fans' sake, we will get that. And I would say the same thing over in the West. And it seems like these two teams are on a collision course to meet in the second round. Um, and I'm not sure there'll be a better series. It'll either be Carolina, Tampa. The North Division final will be exciting. Mm-hmm. But to me, maybe the best series of the entire Stanley Cup playoffs may very well be round two, assuming that Vegas and Colorado go head-to-head. What do you think about yeah. those two teams and the prospect of that second-round series? Yeah, that's why I was giving that look there. I was anticipating what you were going to say and to see if it was what I had in my mind, and it was, because I'm with you. Uh, Colorado-Vegas. Like, Colorado, I know they've been shut down right now, um, and, and hopefully they're able to get back on the ice uh, soon report today that Miko Randon, who was added to the protocol, uh, tested not uh, positive, or so negative in this case, uh, which is great. Um, so hopefully they're able to get back on the, uh, the ice uh, pretty soon. But man, when Colorado was rolling, they weren't just beating teams. They were annihilating teams. Like It was nuts, uh, the level of which uh, Colorado was playing at. Um, so this team is going to be fascinating to see. They're no longer just a one-line team. But the, the top line that they have is amongst the best in the NHL with, with Ranton and, and McKinnon and Landeskog. Like Ranton, to me, has been playing the best hockey of his career, which is scary to say because he's been pretty good for quite some time. But I was talking to John Michael Lyles on the brunch last, uh, last Sunday, and I asked him about that. He said, look, he's really starting to understand how to use his size now. Great take, right? Great tweet. Um, Great take. Um, because he's, he's built, like, they don't call him the moose for nothing. And, but he's got the size and the skill and the speed, or I should say the speed and the skill of a guy uh, whose size is like 5'9". Uh, so he's taken a step forward. They've got depth throughout their lineup now with Kadri uh, and Brandon Saad. Uh, they brought in Carl Soderberg as well, who'd been a valuable piece on their group before, and I think can lengthen their lineup uh, in their bottom six. It would be a nice addition. Their blue line is bananas. Like, who do you want? Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, Bowen Byram as a rookie has been playing uh, unbelievably well. Like, it, it's an embarrassment of riches on the back end. And Philip Grubauer, uh, he's been having a Vesna Trophy caliber year. And then they, they added some depth with Devin Dubnik, which I think was a great pickup. Um, by Joe Sackick before the deadline. So Colorado has all the tools uh, to me, but this Vegas team, you know, they're right there as well. Um, their only area of, of maybe slight concern to me would be up the middle of the ice in Vegas. Um, but but other than that, like there's not a ton of weaknesses on this Vegas team. Mark Stone, um, I don't know about you, Hustler, but he's criminally underrated to me. Uh, what the guy is able to do, he scores clutch goals. Um, he is a beast when he doesn't have the puck. And those are the guys that I want on my team in the playoffs because, you know, I need guys that can play without the puck 
um, on my team at that time of the year. You, you can't have guys that just float around and play river hockey. Stone is one of the best in, in, in yeah, that area. Just on, st- on Stone, uh, Dave, I was watching the overtime between the Sharks and Knights a couple nights ago. And, I mean, Stone at 5-on-5 five five seems to be just like a vacuum for the puck. It finds yeah. him, and he's as good as anybody in the league with taking, you know, taking the puck off. He was doing it at 3-on-3. Three three. Um, yeah. You know, his two-way game and just how effective he is when he often doesn't have the puck, he'll get it soon. Um, an absolute difference maker and a big, big part of Vegas's support. Now, listen, Dave, we got to run it in a sec, mm. but just on the way out, um, we're going to have Nikolai Ehlers come on the program. Uh, fan favorite here in Winnipeg, having an Love unbelievable that guy. season. Love are people that guy around talk. the league? Are people around the league waking up to just how good Nikolai Ehlers is? I think so. I mean, I, I heard him speak the other day um, when uh, well, he reached 300 points. I think that was the record that he, uh, that he reached um, about uh, what that means to him. And he started talking about it's not so much what it means to him, but it, it's what it means to um, his legacy back in Denmark at home and how uh, he hopes that throughout his career and then once his career is done, um, he's able to help set a legacy in Denmark for kids that are coming up right now uh, that look up to him. And it wasn't from a selfish standpoint or anything like that. It was just from the heart as to how much he cares about uh, trying to help push the um, the the importance uh, of the game and the love of the game forward in his home country, the way guys like Franz Nielsen, he said, did for him uh, when he was growing up. So I just thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it because it shows you what kind of guy Nikolai is um, and, and that just you know speaks to what he's all about off the ice the kind of guy that he is clearly the type of guy that you want on your group but but man um, th- this guy's got so much skill I think he, he he's got some more consistency into his game which might have been a bit of a bugaboo at times early in his career uh, but listening to Paul Maurice speak about him he speaks really highly about how he's progressed and developed um, I, I think this guy is turning into a, a tremendous piece in uh, in Winnipeg and a really savvy draft pick. And I'll tell you this, uh, I, I hope you ask him the, the one question that I need you to ask him. Um, why does he tie his skates like a men's league player? Because that's the only thing about him that I'm like, dude, you're in the National League and you're still doing the old wraparound. But hey, if it's working for you, like my staff is for me, keep it up. <laughs> Dave, you're the best, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll catch up again real soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Hustler. Right on. Follow him on Twitter at Dave A. McCarthy and uh, check out his work at NHL.com and, of course, for Sirius XM NHL Radio. All right. Uh, before we get to our special guest today, I uh, want to thank Boston Pizza Winnipeg for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. We can tell you that it is time to call your shot with Boston Pizza and Molson. Uh, get any pizza flights order or a ice-cold Sub-Zero, Coors Light, or Molson Canadian, and you'll get an entry to win instant Boston Pizza gift cards, a custom-made outdoor rink for next winter in your backyard, or even a VIP NHL experience. So you can do that right now at Boston Pizza. Dine-in, takeout, or delivery at any local location. And, of course, our friends... 
Nick and Nikki and DQ. That's, of course, DQ Northgate, DQ St. Anne's, DQ Polo Park, and DQ Niverville. And anyone, if you're having a birthday, a celebration in the south of the city, St. Norbert, St. Adolph, Ile de Chain, or Niverville, hit up DQ Niverville for their custom DQ cakes, only 20 minutes south of the city. And uh, at all four locations, it's two for $5 treat nights at all stores after 8 p.m., Two medium cones, dip cones, or two medium Sundays, seven days a week after 8 p.m. at the Nick and Nikki DQs. All right, um, we'll get to the cool bet lines a little bit later on. Get ready for the Zurich Classic for Breezy Bend. But very pleased to have Nikolai Ehlers join the program. Um, he was gracious to join us a little earlier, caught up with him, talked about this season both on the ice and off the ice. Here's the uh, Winnipeg Jet winger with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Very excited to welcome in our next guest. We did a little straw poll yesterday in the uh, live YouTube chat for the program asking a very general a very general question uh, to our viewers. Who is their favorite player right now in the NHL? And I can tell you um, there was many great um, submissions, but the name we saw the most is the man that we welcome in live right now to the program and it, of course, is Jets forward Nikolai Ehlers. Nick, what's going on? It's great to have you on the program. Thanks so much for doing this. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you know, great season so far. We want to talk about you and some things both on and off the ice. But um, let's first off talk about the team. Um, you know, in striking distance of first place right now with 11 games to go. Um, not necessarily personally, but overall for the club. Tell us about what this first, what, 40 five games has been like and how you and the boys are feeling after a couple days off and actually getting to practice together for a change. Uh, yeah, we're, we're feeling pretty good. Um, you know, like you said yourself, it's, it's been a while since we had a real practice. Um, so it's been good with a couple of days off. Um, we are ready to get back at it now though. Um, but, you know the the first forty five games have have gone really well. Uh, it's been a a different year, obviously, um, for everyone, and it's uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna change anytime soon. So um, we're uh, we're grinding, um, but we're also excited. We got a great team, and we're looking forward to this last last stretch. You know, the, um, you know, following the team, like everyone in this city does day in and day out, one of the things that I think is given so many fans of the club and people around the team, you know, optimism that, you know, we're not just in for a playoff spot, but, you know, the potential of maybe a fun run in the playoffs is just the resiliency you guys have shown throughout the year. Uh, I believe still now only having lost back-to-back regulation games uh, once so far this season, well, how would you characterize the, the the spirit of the team and the ability to move on past disappointing performances and get back in the win column the way you've done this year? Yeah, I mean, it, it just shows what what kind of group of guys we we have in the locker room. Um, we're a bunch of guys that work hard um, every single game. We don't give up, and. Uh, We've we've seen that. I hope everyone else can see that um, that we're working our asses off to give ourselves a, the the best chance to win every single game. So um, 
It's uh, we 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 don't want to lose two games in a row. Uh, you don't want to lose two games in a row in the playoffs, and um, we have been trying to be prepared for the playoffs since the beginning of the season, and and we feel good about where we're at right now. Um. You know, it's so there's some things people will look at stats and things that you can kind of really quantify. And then there's other things that make teams great and successful that are difficult to quantify. I mean, you're now an NHL veteran. You've been with this team through some tougher years, some really exciting years. And this would certainly qualify as one of those. Can you how would you describe the level of belief between you and your teammates within the Winnipeg Jets and how that's grown as you and many of these players have sort of grown up together in Winnipeg with the Jets. Yeah. I mean, um, I came in and my first couple of years, you know, we, we didn't make the playoffs. Um, and, and since then it's, it's just been moving the, the right way. And, you know, the, the guys that have been here for, well, since I came into the league, uh, have have you know I think felt the same way uh, that we're constantly moving in the right direction. Um, you know, even though that we went to the conference finals and then we lost in the first round, but we're all learning. Um, you know, I'm learning, and I think you know even the older guys are learning. So we uh, we feel good about where we're at. Um, and like you said yourself, we're not just in it to for for a playoff spot. Um, we believe in ourselves. We believe we, believe we uh, can do a lot more. So it's uh, it's an exciting time. We're having fun, and uh, yeah, it's going to be good. There's- there, you know, when you look at championship teams um, and teams that you know contend that go on big runs, you know, and you kind of go back over how they got there. Um, you mentioned there are some lessons that are learned, and often the lessons that you learn are learned the hard way um, through failure and then overcoming those things. Just going back to 2018, um, you know, it's a it's a playoff run that everyone around here will remember fondly, probably for all of their lives, but. You know, from from a player and team perspective, what can you what what can that experience do to help you guys um, once you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs in a few weeks? I mean, it was so much fun that that run. Um, you know, the memories. Um, it was amazing. You know, we weren't able to to leave the the rink at home uh, until at least like an hour after the game because there was too many fans outside, like stuff like that. You know, like it, it sounds it sounds ridiculous when when I'm here talking about it, but that's how it was. Um, you know, you you drive to the game two hour, two and a half, three hours before the game, and you'd see Jets fans already roaming the streets. Um, you know, you miss that. And, you know, obviously there's probably not going to be any fans in, in the uh, arenas this year, but I think that the Jets fans that have been, been really supportive anyway, anyway this year, um, and they're going to help us go on a long run this year, even though they won't be there. 
How much does the actual playoff experience and what you guys went through and learned, you know, to get to the conference finals, how much will that be? I don't want to say in the back of your mind, but just having been there before and having gone through that, how much does that help a more mature team um, once the Stanley Cup tournament gets going in 2021? Well, you know, you look back and we had an unreal series against Nashville that went seven games. Um, I think that's the craziest series I've ever, ever played in. Um, so we felt great coming out of that and, and won our first game against Vegas. Um, and then you, you lose four games in a row and you're out and, you know, you, you start to think what what went wrong, and you know, you you can ask me now. You can ask me in ten years. I I, I still won't have an answer for you. Um, all I know is that we had a we had twenty five guys that battled their asses off. Um, you know, even when we were behind two one, three one in games, um, there was there was no quit, and you know. Yes, we did lose that series, but that is something that you're going to get very far with. And I think, you know, for me, I've learned a lot throughout the the last three years in the playoffs. And um, you learn something every single year. So for me, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty simple game plan um, of just going out there, skating, shooting, and... And working hard, you know. When we when when we work as a team together, we're uh, we're pretty pretty good good team, and uh, we've shown that throughout this year. So it's just a matter of moving forward and and keeping that going. Nikolai Ehlers with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Nick, I know you're, the focus is always on the team, but I do want to ask you as an individual, you're having a phenomenal season, 20 goals, 45 points, point-a-game player right now for the first time. Um, is this uh, is this just the general development path of you kind of taking that next step this year, or is there something that you've improved on in your mind or worked on that's helped you, you know, kind of take a next step to being a real star in the National Hockey League as we've seen this year? I I, I think, like I said before, you learn things every single year. Um, you learn things about about your game on and off the ice. And I think that with a bunch of small details that might seem small, uh, that make a big difference in the game, I, I think that I've I've gotten better at those small things um, throughout my six years in, in the league. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm playing with great players every single night um, that are helping me too. Um, so I feel good about where my game is at, um, but not good enough to stop working on it. Um, so it's, uh, it's been good so far. Uh, we still got 11 games to go and I'm going to do everything I can to, to help my team win. Um, so it's, uh, it's been an exciting year so far. You know, I, I wanted to ask you about shooting the puck this year. I mean, you're, you've got 20 goals, and you know, Kyle Connor right there trading for the uh, for the team lead right now, which I'm sure is a fun little internal competition. But 
I, I crunched some numbers going in, and I mean, you're averaging more than three shots a game for the first time in your NHL career. Your average shots per game is about a third more than your previous career high. Is that just the result of, you know, playing more, being more successful in better positions? Or did you come into this season um, with the with the goal to maybe shoot the puck a little bit more and now you're getting the results? Um, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I think that I've had some conversation with, with the coaches um, even before the season started that, I kind of play my best hockey when uh, when I got that shoot first mentality, um, and that doesn't mean that I'm always gonna come down and shoot the puck. Um, but it means that when I have that mentality, I skate a lot more, I skate faster, and more direct. And I think that that has helped my game a lot. So it's something that I've tried to keep on work. Uh, I've been working on, um, and I'm gonna keep working on it. But I think that's a huge part of why I have that many shots. Um, so it's uh, it's worked so far, and hopefully it uh, it keeps working. Hey, uh, you mentioned about playing with some talented players. Um, obviously, Pierre Luc Dubois is the newest sort of member of that core coming over in the big trade, and Paul Stastny returning, who you did have some considerable success with a few years ago in his first stop in Winnipeg now part of the club. Um, maybe just a few words on playing with those guys and um, you know what Stastny and Dubois in particular sort of bring to the table that um, you know, will hopefully make you guys successful when we get to the postseason. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're two great players. Um, you know, Doobie is a, is a big, strong guy um, who's, uh, who's, got a, who's got a good shot and, and reads the game really well, uh, makes some great passes, um, and, and he's, a, he's a fun guy to play with. And I, I, I think Stas for... Like you said, we we had some some pretty good chemistry the first time he was in Winnipeg, and um, I think we've been able to kind of pick up where we left off. Um, he's he's the smartest hockey player I've, I've ever played with, uh, and you know he reads the game so well, and his hockey sense is is great. So he's always in the right spot. He's uh, always where the puck is going to be. He makes some great passes. So they're two fantastic guys to play with, and it's uh, it's exciting. Uh, all three of you are uh, you know uniquely involved in the power play, and it, it's amazing. For the first time this year in Winnipeg, you really have two power play units that um, have been almost equally successful, and coaches talked about that, sometimes starting with the other. Is there like a fun internal competition in within the team between those two power play units when you guys get the opportunity? Um, I mean, for sure there is. Uh, you know, we want to go out there and, and do well as a, as the second unit. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, so we go out there. You know, both units are going out there to try and score. Uh, that that that's hockey, um, but. You know, when, when the first unit doesn't do it, to have a second unit go out and, and be able to do it is, uh, is, is pretty good for a hockey team. So we, uh, we got to continue doing, doing what we do and uh, score some more goals. 
you know, Nick, we've talked a lot about hockey on the ice. I'm interested in this crazy year, uh, a couple things. Uh, you're an incredibly popular player. You're a guy that brings a ton of energy to the building, both on the ice and I think, you know, within the within the, within the crowd. Um, what's it been like for you playing without fans? I mean, you you get used to it. Um, it's it's obviously not as fun. Uh, you miss the atmosphere, and especially you know, looking forward to to the playoffs. Now you're it's going to be very different. Um, we miss our fans, and the atmosphere at the Bell MTS Center is uh, is amazing when they're there, but. You know, it is what it is. We're not the only ones uh, playing in front of no fans. Um, and you know, once you're once you're playing the game, you uh, you focus on playing playing the game. So hopefully soon they'll be back, but we'll see. Okay, before we go, I've got to, I've been wondering this all season long, and it's weird because you know the the media and we're and thank you again for joining us because you know in the world of Zoom calls, you know you really don't get a chance to to get a little bit more out, out of the players. What what is li- life like been for you on the road this season? Like, what's it a, an average day off where you are not playing? Like, say you're going and you're playing, you know, a game day, and then you've got an off day, and then you got another game. Like, what do you do? Like, what, what, what is the 24 hours like for you when you can't really go anywhere and there's not a lot going on? Yeah, those 24 hours are, are pretty long. They can be. Um, you know, you, you hang out with some of the guys. You, get, you obviously get tested every single day. You have breakfast. You have lunch at the hotel. You have dinner at the hotel. Um, so it's it's a lot of time spent at the hotel. You go for walks as as much as possible, try and get some fresh air, get out of the hotel, and you sit there, watch movies, play cards. You know that's that's about it. So day the days can can be very long, but you know I, I think every guy in in the room is is pretty is thankful to be able to 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 do our job and play some hockey. So it's, uh, it's worth it. Well, I tell you what, we're, uh, I think jet fans are very thankful to have you here, here on a long-term deal. And actually just speaking of long-term deals before we go, what was the reaction in the room from the guys when uh, Adam Lowry inked five more years here in Winnipeg last Friday? I mean, the reaction was, was great. Um, Lowry is a guy who's been here, uh, you know, he he made the team the year before I I came, and and I was roommates with him uh, in in camp. Um, so, you know, he's a guy who, who loves playing hockey for the Winnipeg Jets, and you can see that he uh, he's such an important guy in the room, and obviously on the ice with his work ethic every single night, and. You know, I think the Jets are, are pretty lucky to, to have signed a guy like him long term. And I know for a fact that every single every single guy in that room is is incredibly happy about it and, and happy for him. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. 
Well, it's pretty clear from uh, getting the feedback from fans here on the program and just around the city that, you know, it's an exciting time for Jets fans with players like, you know, you and Chifley and Morrissey, the guys that had already committed. And then, you know, fans are always nervous. What's going to happen to this guy? And to have that sort of commitment with unrestricted free agency knocking on the door um, just goes to show the way the team's being run and how much it seems like you guys like being a part of this here in Winnipeg. Nick, listen, won't take any more of your time. Really appreciate you doing this. Good luck tomorrow night against the Leafs. And uh, here's to a long and prosperous playoff run here in the peg even if we might not have 10,000 people everywhere downtown all dressed up in white they'll certainly be behind you back home wherever they're watching their games cheers to you and the team and uh, thank you again thank you very much really appreciate it all right that was a conversation from a little earlier with jet star forward nikolai ehlers thanks again to uh, to nick for popping by the program really appreciate his time and uh Scott and the gang over at the Jets for helping us set that up. Um, let's get Remus back in here. Um, pretty awesome, uh, you know. And again, you know, we've talked to over the, the years working back on Pemina Highway, talked to you know dozens and dozens of Jets players and NHL players over. But uh, I, I have to say, Nick, you know, extended thoughtful answers, had plenty of time for us, and um, it was um, that was just a great conversation. And uh, you can tell by the chat, Remo, just how popular this guy is here in the city of Winnipeg with what he's doing for the Jets on the ice. Yeah, I was getting texts from people saying, you know, they hope after this contract he signs like a lifetime deal uh, with the Jets. Wouldn't be nice if, you know, Adam Lowry said he wanted to play his whole career in Winnipeg. It would be great if we had a couple guys like that as well. One thing I took away from that is, you know, we, you know, remember having fans, how much fun I was going to games, you know, I'm seeing a lot of videos on Twitter saying, oh, this day in, you know, 2018, the Jets beat uh, the Wild in that first round series. That was, I think, uh, yesterday, two years ago. And then Ehlers, you know, hearing him talking about how much fun it was for them as well, you know, not, you know, seeing uh, down the street, all the fans, and I think playing in front of the crowds, and it seems like the players miss it, but, um, you know, they're kind of just getting gotten used to playing with, with no fans. But when you can get back there and hopefully next season, uh, it's going to be so awesome those first couple of games, I think. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. And that was one of my favorite parts of the interview, hearing him talk about not necessarily the, this series, but just as a player seeing what was happening in this city around the arena and really everywhere you went. I mean, people were wearing right, people were fired up, and um, people were enjoying a playoff run unlike any we'd ever seen before um, in the National Hockey League for the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, it was memorable. But the other thing that really came out to me, Reem, is that um, there is a, a, a maybe a quiet confidence of this hockey club knowing that you know, they could be capable of some pretty special things. And um, and I think that goes back to, you know, the way that this group has grown um, through some failures over the last few years to get to this point where um, they're ready to take another crack and hopefully a long playoff run. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, we look at the way the team is, you know, their forwards as deep as any, 1 through 12. Um, and they've got the, you know, the new forward lines now with Blake Wheeler back. Seems like he's going to be ready to go tomorrow. Uh, Connor Hellbuck, elite goaltending and defense. They're going to have to go by a, a by committee mode. Uh, Neil Pionk and Morrissey, I think, leading the way. But it's going to be everyone going as a five-man unit, uh, trying to keep away the shots. And I think for the most part, they've done that over the last couple months. I know early on the season, they were getting outshot quite a bit. But lately, it's been very, very stolid, except when they're going up against Connor McDavid. Uh, they got to find a way to shut him down. It's tough. Though when he's looking, uh, making the Montreal Canadiens look like AHL 
or even less defenders. I mean, he's just skate, <laughs> skating by them uh, just with a regular stride. So we will see. Um, you know, I've just taken a look at the chat. And if you are with us, thanks so much for joining us, especially maybe some new people that came in to hear Nikolai Ehlers. If you are here, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button so uh, you can be with us on a regular basis. And definitely, if you don't mind, hit that thumbs up button uh, if you like the interview and if you like the content here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, lots of lots of great feedback on uh, the interview with Nikolai Ehlers. Great guest. Good interview, Hus. Glad you got uh, I like how he had... That's awesome. Great job, WST. Thanks, Hassan Remus, everyone else involved in that interview with Nikki. Um, thanks for having Ehlers on. Guy is a class act. Welp, that was awesome. You guys keep one-upping yourselves. And uh, Jeff Kabili is a lifetime deal, like Columbia House. <laughs> I think everyone would be down for a lifetime deal with Nikolai Ehlers right now. So uh, as we mentioned, you know, big thanks to Scott in helping us set that up. And uh, we'll hope to do more things like that as we get going here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the, the gang working so hard at Breezy Bend to get everybody back on the course. Course reopens tomorrow. And if you're thinking about uh, maybe looking at getting on that waiting list for next season at Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club, you can find out more at breezybend.ca or give them a call and talk to uh, our pal Corey Johnson doing such a great job running the golf course. And speaking of golf, before we get to our cool bet minds of the day, um, it's the Zurich Classic of New Orleans beginning on the PGA Tour. Um, and this is an interesting one. This is the pairs. Um, it's not just a single tournament, so guys have partners. Um, we talked about it quite a bit yesterday on the lock shop. Uh, Pat Cantley and Xander Shoffley, along with John Rahm and Ryan Palmer, are the favorites at 8-1. to one. I got a little nickel on uh, the uh, Cantley and Shoffley team as well as Colin Morikawa and Matthew Wolf at 16-1. to 1. Um, They'll do four balls and then alternate shot, four balls, alternate shot. So it's a very different tournament. Uh, if you do win, you get a two-year exemption on the PGA Tour. It counts as a full win. However, it doesn't include a visit to the Masters. But, um, hey, it should be a fun weekend, a little something different on the PGA Tour. As always, our golf reports are brought to you by our friends at Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club. And uh, I do want to give a shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake getting ready for the season. I, I think I told you this yesterday. Normally June, maybe the busiest month of the year when it comes to international travelers coming from the States to Aikens, um, which is a fly-in lodge. You drive to Silver Falls, get up in the air, up and down. Uh, you can literally be from the city on the water in a couple of hours. Um, and incredible people that run the place. So if you're thinking about maybe a bit of a getaway in the province in the month of June, there's usually no availability. There is this year, find out more, AkinsLake.com or on uh, line. Hit them up on Twitter. See our, hi to our pal Pitt at Aikens Lake. All right, Reem, let's, uh, let's get into these cool bet lines for tonight. You were talking about uh, the Edmonton Oilers and Montreal Canadiens, what Connor McDavid did to the Habs a couple nights ago. Well, they've got another crack at Connor McDavid tonight. And, um, you know, these are important games for Montreal to, you know, get some points. I mean, Calgary's done nothing to take advantage of of their situation in the standings, losing to Ottawa, losing their last game to the Habs. Calgary's got Vancouver and then three in a row against Montreal. Um, but Montreal's just four games above 500. It's hard to believe we're actually talking about the Vancouver Canucks having a chance to maybe barge back into the conversation here. But that's where we are. And the Oilers, not surprisingly, minus 135 favorites tonight. Habs plus 115 on the road. Yeah, I'm not so sure what to think. The Habs are going to need to make a win. Edmonton's playing well. Uh, 
I mean, I still like the the Habs. I would think uh, as a what are they underdog here? So that's a that's a tough one though. I mean, they haven't played great, and we'll have to wait and see. I mean, tough to bet against McDavid. I know he's always a play on DraftKings, but uh, you know maybe Montreal bounces back. I mean, they got they got to play well. I mean, if they don't get wins, has Vancouver? They got like four straight games against Ottawa coming up, and uh, if they win all those. They could get back in it. So Montreal, they got forty-seven and forty-three. Calgary, forty-one and forty-five. So uh, it's not. We th- we've been saying that it's done for a while, but the way Montreal is playing, uh, <laughs> they could let some of these teams back in. Yeah, they're doing everything they can to add a little bit more suspense to the regular season right now. Um, Calgary's done nothing to get back into the mix. Um, and again, Calgary's got Vancouver and then three in a row against Montreal. And any hope they have of getting back in pretty much is predicated on they need to sweep the Montreal Canadiens in those three head-to-head matchups coming up on the weekend. Other games tonight on our Cool Bet Daily Lines. Nashville, minus 128 favorites in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. Hawks, a plus 110 home dog. The Minnesota Wild, road favorites as well. Minus 149 at Arizona to take on the Coyotes. Coyotes, plus 128 as the home underdog and Vegas huge favorite minus 250 to beat the San Jose Sharks Sharks plus 205 if you want to get on the Knights on the puck line to win by two just about even money at minus 103 um check out our Twitter feed at Sports Talk WPG you should be following anyways please do spread the word give us an RT we will have the uh, promo code for you if you want to get on coolbet.com all of that daily lines up at Sports Talk Winnipeg. Uh, Remo, let's get back to the Jets for a minute before we wrap the program. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like Jordy Ben's going to get in the lineup tomorrow night. He was skating alongside Dylan DeMello. You had the fourth pairing with the youngsters, Stanley and Hanela. And not surprising that Jordy Ben's going to get a chance to get into the lineup, play a couple of games with his new team. As Paul Maurice pretty much laid out last week, You know, we would be seeing a little bit more rotation in that sixth spot on the blue line. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, okay... Uh, we're going to see Stanley, Hainala, Ben, you know, they're going to be in some competition. So we saw Hainala get in for a game. Stanley was in last game, maybe had a couple uh, turnovers that he liked back. Hellbuck, you know, shut the door on those. But Jamie Ben, sorry, Jordy Ben, you got to be careful here. Us, uh, mixing up Listen, it gets, it gets everybody. It gets everybody. <laughs> yeah, we all know that it's uh, Jordy, but the names slip off the tongue. But Jordy Ben, he's going to get in. Uh, DeMello said he's a veteran guy. Um or I forget, I think Ben was talking about playing with uh, DeMello. Either way, that's likely going to be the third pair. Maurice did confirm that. We'll have Blake Wheeler uh, likely back tomorrow as well. So that was the the Jets update. Well, um, you know, it's been, uh, I think this has been an important week for the Winnipeg Jets in that, you know, they've got a little bit of time to rest. They've actually had a couple full practices. I mean, you, you know, hope it'll, it, interesting. I know there's been so much talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois sort of finding that connection on a line. I'm happy that they put him back into the middle. Um, and again, you know, playing with a player like Nikolai Ehlers, pretty good spot to be mm-hmm. for the young 22-year-old centerman. And of course, Paul Stastny on the wing. And that allows mm-hmm. Andrew Kopp to return to be part of that wrecking ball unit on the third line along with Mason Appleton and Adam Lowry. Yeah, those guys have been so good. And, uh, I mean, in the fourth line, too, been no slouch with Lewis, Thompson, and Perot, who's been excellent in his limited minutes. So uh, I think you ought to like this. And maybe, you know, with Wheeler back now, that would be the shutdown line, the Cop appleton lowry against the 
uh, McDavid line because I think that's the matchup we're all looking forward to against Edmonton. I think that's all we're focusing on. Was, you know, I like the quote from uh, you know the sports rabbi Matt Liable yesterday. He was like, "Look, he's like, look, we're not going to learn anything new about the Jets in the last eleven games." And I kind of agree. We know what team they are. They're the same. Been running the same lineup now. We'll wait to see what injuries and all that. But uh, they're going to have to figure out how to uh, shut down McDavid. Uh, I think that's the bottom line here. They've had some trouble in a couple games this year. But I have no question. I mean, I still don't. I'm not doubting uh, their ability, but uh, you have to, you know, actually see them do it uh, going forward here. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, like I'm spending a lot of time now just focusing in on the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, we're going to be talking about the Leafs coming up this week with these head-to-head games. And if the Jets can get wins, you know, we will be talking about the, you know, a legitimate race for first that could end with the final game of the regular season, Winnipeg versus Toronto. But the most likely matchup right now is Edmonton. And, you know, honestly, Reem, that is a little bit, I think there's some nervous Jet fans about it. Not that they don't believe in the team, just the fact that the Jets haven't had a lot of success recently going head-to-head against Edmonton and you know with Maurice going back to the lineup uh old faithful Wheeler Shifley Connor to me I mean listen these guys are a gonna need to score against Edmonton because you know that Edmonton's gonna get their chances the other way but you know you 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 just simply can't have constant matchups of one line that you know has really been on the wrong end of the ledger when it comes to five on five goals going up against that that McDavid line so i mean to me the biggest challenge for Paul Maurice is going to see whether that line can you know keep their heads above water and you know even get close to a soft against McDavid um, and then there are other options. We know that Adam Lowry is going to go out there and going to get plenty of matchups against uh, against McDavid. But if McDavid's playing 26, 27 minutes a night, um, unrealistic that that line is going to be doing all that heavy lifting, which then I think comes down to really the key line when it get to a playoff series is going to be Pierre-Luc Dubois. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, we saw what he did last year for the Blue Jackets against the Toronto Maple Leafs. He has been dominant at times in the playoffs. He's really risen his level of, uh, level of play. And I'm interested in your thoughts on this, Reem. You know, I was talking with Marku last night. We were just, you know, talking Jets and, you know, hitting, uh, you know, some ideas around. If it does get down to the playoffs where they're looking at Dubois to potentially be the guy going up against the McDavid line, might they look at putting, you know, a couple of the top defensive players on the line with Dubois with the express job of doing their best to keep the puck and keep it away from Connor McDavid. And to me, the guys that, you know, might fit best, and it's a it's a lineup that I don't think we've seen really at any point, would be Andrew Kopp playing with Dubois and maybe Blake Wheeler on the right side. Now, that would mean that Paul Stastny would sort of be the odd man out if you're going Shifley, Connor, and Ehlers. Um, but Stastny's such a versatile player. I think he can maybe play in that spot along with Appleton and Adam Lowry on the line. Um, but to me, and again, just come down, I guess, to, to summarize, Paul Maurice's biggest challenge is figuring out how you can do, how you can minimize the effect of Connor McDavid. Because if the Jets do that, they'll have a very good chance of winning a best of seven. Yeah, and we all talked about uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois last year in the playoffs, shutting down Austin Matthews. So I think Adam Lowry would probably be their first option. Uh, maybe they do look to Dubois going forward. As, as I said, he's done it before. You know, he's a big guy. He can definitely skate. Uh, put him with some talented players, uh, you know, like Wheeler and Kopsher. I think that would definitely make sense. You know, Maurice has shown he's not afraid to uh, put out the blender if he see- sees uh, things aren't working. We saw it last week, perfect example against the game uh, The game in Ottawa. You know, it was kind of a, a slog fest, third period, little uh, line line blending, and uh, the team was able to come out with a win. So 
Um, we'll we'll see what happens. We are looking forward to tomorrow night, though. We got to you know it's fun to look ahead to Edmonton. We're going to be talking about Edmonton for a long time tomorrow night. Toronto sounds like Jack Campbell, according to Dave, he's going to be starting. But I mean, it's hard not to. Well, it's not going to be big save, Dave. Yeah. I don't think after getting run over by Sheldon Keefe afterwards. How about yeah. that line? How about that line? There's some things you just can't overcome. Yeah. I mean, how bad must Riddich have been feeling on that bus after the game? I mean, he knows he led in some easy He owned goals. it. He owned it, and yeah. he apologized to his teammates. But that's a pretty rough way to ingratiate yourself into a new locker room after the team spent a third-round pick at the deadline to pick you up for insurance. Yeah, and we were kind of surprised that he was even uh, got that much. And we saw last night maybe why. We were surprised, but you know, I hope he can come back, come back from that. If you're a Leafs fan, and we, you know, we were joking last week. Jack Campbell rookie cards, you know, we're going for like a hundred bucks now. They're uh, way, way down, and he's going to have to <laughs> redeem himself. He's not going to win every game. I got some fun facts about this game last night. The yeah, yeah, hit Leafs. me. I've been looking forward to so these. So these are uh, so you know on the internet on like Twitter, the most popular numbers are sixty nine and four twenty. Right? And yesterday. Popular numbers. So, yesterday, the Canucks franchise got their 69th win over the Maple Leafs on 420. That was April 20K. The game, (laughs) the game had a total of 69 shots. And the Canucks scored six of the nine goals in the game. And there were four goals in the final 20 minute period. (laughs) <laughs> I, I saw I saw that on Reddit. I fact checked all those. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, I think the gods, just uh, the hockey gods, uh, had already predetermined that outcome. Wow, That's all we can take from that. Nice stats, Remo. Nice yeah, stats. Those are some, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blue Jays tonight. Uh, just back to the lines for one second. I did want to mention the Jays. They lost to the Red Sox last night. Um, you know, tough really one inning for Hyunjin Ryu, and that was the difference. They were only able to plate two runs. Jays plus 109 underdogs tonight going up against the Boston Red Sox at minus 122. The Red Sox have been kind of a crazy team. Didn't they start off without scoring a run on the first weekend against Baltimore of all teams, starting off 0-3 and and then out of nowhere ripped off nine in a row? Yeah, they got off to a real rough start. But, you know, I don't think their lineup is um, is too bad. I mean, they brought in um, Enrique Hernandez from the Dodgers. He's been leading off. He's kind of finding his groove. Rafael Devers, nice uh, nice bat as well. And uh, Nathan Eovaldi, remember him from the uh, what, World Series a couple of years ago? Uh, he's off to a good start too. Got him in, in fantasy, so I'm pretty aware of what he's he's been doing. But uh, Red Sox and Jays, well, Red Sox are slight uh, favorite. Garrett Richards going for them. He's off. He's had a rough start. Who's that? Trent Thornton uh, going for Toronto, and he's he's been good so far. Uh, seven point seven two thirds innings. He's got six strikeouts. So let's see uh, this. Let's see how this one goes uh, for the Blue Jays. Fourth in the ALE, seven and ten. Red Sox first at twelve and six, seven and ten. Not getting it done for the Blue Jays. I think they're still waiting for uh, what George Springer to come back. Their big free agent signing. Absolutely, they need Springer to get in there. I mean, they need Meadowweather back. They need Nate Pearson. I mean, they're uh, they're just trying to keep their heads above water right now until they get some of these bodies back. Now, speaking of baseball, Reem, um, 
uh, our pal Francois over at Sony hooked up that code. Um, have you given MLB The Show yet a, a spin through? I got it for the Xbox. I will be trying it tonight. I have not yet played it. What were the early uh, early returns? Yeah, we've got to figure out how to do uh, cross-play. You can do that now. I got PS4, you got Xbox, so we can we can play against each other. It could but, be the first ever Winnipeg sports talk head-to-head Hus versus Remus stream. Yeah, we could. I'm learning how. To, I'm learning all the controls again. Really, I'm not a patient. I swing at everything, and uh, I am doing the Diamond Dynasty. It's fun to do these little challenges. You can do these like quick little game modes that don't take very long. So you're not sitting there. Um, if you're not sitting there, you know, for an hour playing a game, which I think is the biggest problem with games. They're too damn long. You know, you used to be able to rip off a game of NHL '94 in like five minutes, and you could get all these games. And now. Between turning on the game, loading, setting your lines, all that BS, games take like four. It takes like forty minutes to play a game of Madden. So I like the mini game format. If you do Road to the Show House, I would recommend Road to the Show. You create a player, you know, pick a position for him and work him uh, into the ma- you know into the major leagues. So that's a what, fun mode too. What's the name of your Diamond Dynasty team? Um, are you a Winnipeg squad or did you pick somewhere else? I'm a Winnipeg squad because they have uh, Winnipeg as a play-by-play name. So I figured that made sense. Oh, excellent. And so you can pick, yeah, you can pick Winnipeg. And people make like logos for your team and all that stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool. And yeah, I guess if you're on Xbox, it is free on, on Game Pass. Ooh, wow. Well, we'll have to get on that. I picked the game up anyways. I'm looking forward to a head-to-head yeah. battle, the first ever head-to-head battle in Winnipeg sports talk history. Um, yeah, and Remo, you do need PGA. There it is, the Earl of Eli. You're exactly right. Divot Derby. There will be some Divot Derbying, I think, I'll a little have to bit get later it. on. Um, we're going to have a big show tomorrow, of course. It is going to be a game day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, Jets and Leafs. And after his impromptu appearance on Monday, the regularly scheduled appearance of one Ken Weeb will be live tomorrow. Uh, we've got, I think it was Vern Fechtow. We've had a number of people asking about Bayak, getting Dennis Bayak on. Very happy to tell you that the voice of the Jets from TSN and our very good friend is going to join us on Friday on the program. So looking forward to that. And one way or the other, Remus, we hope to maybe have Wade Miller on the program tomorrow. Uh, but we'll certainly talk more about what this announcement today by the Canadian Football League means and what we can look forward to, and really what needs to happen for this plan to come to fruition and begin a CFL season on the 5th of August and play 14 games and give out the Grey Cup again, albeit in December, in Hamilton. Yeah, I'm op- I'm optimistic. Uh, I think we're moving along here in Canada to have a, p- a place where fans can go to the games and do it in a safe manner, whether it's you know 50% capacity to begin or less than 50, and you work your way up. But I think, look, they set a date... Maybe June, if it's like, okay, you know, Ontario's not in a good spot. You know, maybe they, do they look at moving some teams out of there? I, I have no idea, but it's nice to have a date. We've been wondering. They think they told players to report to training camp in, like, July, and they'll have to quarantine before. Um, but it seems like in the U.S., um, you know, they're giving out all the shots here. Again, moving along, the age is getting uh, lowered. I'm seeing a lot more people posting on social media. They're getting them, so... Uh, I'd love to have a CFL season. I really missed um, doing CFL DraftKings last year, most importantly, uh, and seeing the Bombers play as well. So, uh, And I, I think it was a good move, too, by Wade to say, hey, look, we're not going to raise the Grey Cup banner until we can have a packed house. I think that would be, I think that would be pretty cool, maybe signal um, the end of us you know, and finally the beginning that we can finally move forward again. Oh, you know what? I, I couldn't agree more, dude. 
um, when when we finally get to the point that we are able to gather as a community together in somewhat close confines and pack that stadium, um, that will truly be a special moment for the city, uh, for the football team, but I think just for sports fans here, being able to get back together. Now, listen, I'm going to be there, you know, for if they're open up at 50% capacity, however it works, I'll be there looking forward to doing it. Um, and, you know, I guess it's also encouraging that it seems like, from what we're hearing, a lot more people are getting their shot going forward. Now, I guess you're not on a list. I mean, you technically are an essential worker, Reem, as being a, being a member of the media. I'm not sure whether we still count that. Um, not quite the uh, the grocery store clerk or, or not, but uh, you still have a little bit of time to wait, I guess. I don't think, yeah, I'm not quite old enough yet. I don't think they have, like, YouTubers on the essential list, or are we now... Now that we had a, a jet on here, are we like officially part of the media? Um, I'm I'm just going downstairs. I'm not. I don't, I'm, there's people who need it more than me, but I'll no. wait. I'm ha- I'll happily wait my turn. Yeah, I, I I agree. But you know, we'll be good to get that. And I think it's you know it's good for personally, but also for uh, hopefully everyone to get back to. I mean, the more people get shots, the more people will be able to get into that stadium. The sooner we'll be able to get to where we want to be, and that is. Uh, some semblance of normal, albeit probably a new normal. Um, anyways, this has been a great show today. I, I, you know, thanks again to Dave McCarthy, the best dressed guest on Winnipeg Sports Talk, bringing his staff and a lot of hot takes that set the alarm off earlier today on the program. And of course, Nikolai Ehlers. Um, thanks so much to Nikolai for joining us and Scott Brown for helping us set that up. It was a pretty awesome show for a Wednesday, Remo, heading into what will be a lot of fun getting ready for Jets Leafs tomorrow night in downtown Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, this has been an awesome show. We had a ton of people here for Nikolai Ehlers. And, you know, I was kind of worried. us. what are we going to do for these three nights, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, without Jets hockey? They've had a, had a break. Uh, going to get back at it tomorrow. Finally, all the games to look forward to and a game in the evening, a nice 6 p.m. start against uh, Toronto, who really hasn't played well uh, as of late. And, of course, uh, goaltending. Uh, you know, it was, seemed to have figured out the goalie of the future like two weeks ago, and now... Uh, another big issue there. So. Well, I'll tell you what, that Leafs goalie better be ready to go tomorrow night because I think coming off a uh, kind of very silent offensive performance on Saturday against the Oilers, the uh, Jets, uh, much like we heard from Nikolai Ehlers, they're going to be shooting the puck tomorrow night, um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Anyways, it should be great. Once again, I have to thank um, Dave McCarthy, Nikolai Ehlers, Michael, e- Michael Remus, and all of our sponsors, Not Autocorp, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and, of course, Boston Pizza Winnipeg, our friends at Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club, Cool Bet Canada, and Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Remo, on the way out, any big plans for tonight or uh, just trying to uh, learn the baseball game a little bit more? Maybe maybe visit with your family for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, I'll probably do that. Um, I'm going to work on uh, putting out some more social media content for this. So uh, I know the Ehlers is going to be available as a standalone interview. Uh, it's going to be have some stuff on uh, the Twitter and our Instagram. So uh, Sports Talk WPG on all those. So give us a follow uh, on there for sure. Yes, indeed. And if you uh, if you are a PS4 guy, stay tuned to our shows over the next little while. We will have a giveaway for a code for the new game. We'll hook up one of our uh, one of our loyal listeners. Listen, everybody, before you leave the YouTube feed, hit that like button if you don't mind, and if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe. Uh, been a great show today. We'll have another big one tomorrow with the latest on the Canadian Football League's plans moving forward, and Ken Weeb himself getting us ready for Jets Leafs. And don't forget, for all of you that have been clamoring for us to get Dennis Bayak on, he will be live with us 
on Friday's edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. That is going to do it for us. Tell your friends. Spread the word on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We appreciate the support, everybody. Have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow with Ken Weeb getting ready for Jets Leafs here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.